G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. An opportunity today to check the pulse of Christianity and mission work in the nation of Lebanon. You might know the nation has been reeling and the economy has been struggling since that huge bomb blast that wrought havoc in the city of Beirut last year. No blame's been accepted and no action taken after that huge explosion. Our guest today, who's called Raja, is a missionary in Lebanon here in Australia on furlough. Raja, a special welcome along to 2020. Hi, thank you. Raja, you yourself, you're a missionary and you think of yourself as a messenger of hope for the people in Lebanon. Yes, that's right. Um, I guess the reason behind that is because um, without God, there is no hope. So the the word Raja means a godly hope, and there isn't much hope for the country apart from him. And hope in the face of hopelessness. The people in Lebanon are doing it very, very tough. Extremely. Um, so even before the bomb explosion, which is, um, well, not bomb explosion, but the, the port explosion, which most people around the world have heard of, um, there was protesting due to the um, the government that was in place um, and the fact that the country was um, struggling with finance. So they were looking to change the, to change the government and bring change to the country, and that led to further financial crisis. Then being hit as well with um, two years of covid um, has really left struggling uh, a struggling country behind it in its wake. Um, so to paint a picture of the financial situation of the people um, and the struggling situation of the people in Lebanon, um, the earnings of the people is what they were relying upon for their future. So there isn't any um, welfare, there isn't any support for retirement. Um, it's whatever you save. There's no medical support over there except through insurance. Um, which no longer holds really any value. Um, and what's happened in regard to retirement funds and things like that is is the money has been frozen in the bank accounts um, because of the protesting, because of COVID, because of everything that's taken place in the country. The money has been frozen, and in a lot of cases we believe that money's probably gone. Um, so I know of a story, for instance, of a woman who was doing very, very well, um, had a very big house, was living a very wonderful life, um, was in retirement. Her funds are now frozen. She doesn't know if she'll see those again and she is now struggling to buy bread each week. Um, for people who are earning an average wage of $100 US a month and that's a good wage if they still have a job, um, that's now, uh, you'd spend a third of that on fuel. Um, what you would usually spend on it for a dollar in Australia will now cost you $34. That's how much the inflation has taken place. Um, the country imports everything, so um, they're no longer able to purchase the electricity and the, um, the internet. So you have about six hours of internet 
uh, sorry, six hours of electricity a day. Um, and that's been happening now for the last two years. Um, generators are required, but that costs, um, you have to pay for diesel in order to run those. Um, and that, that the generators are starting to run down and diesel is no longer accessibly, accessible easily. Um, in regard to the Wi-Fi, I've just heard in this week that they're struggling to find US dollars within the country to actually pay for that. So there are actually some suburbs within Lebanon right now who have had their Wi-Fi cut. And that doesn't sound like such a big deal until you realise that's the communication system of the country. Um, so these are just some of the things that the people are struggling with. Um, on top of that, you have 1.5 million uh, refugees within a country of 7 million people. Um, 60% of which are under the poverty line and the, the Lebanese are starting to struggle themselves um, because they're seeing that their country is struggling and they are trying to support um, so many refugees and so there is gr a growing resentment along with the, um, the, the war wounds of the past that have already caused division within the country. Um, there's a great resentment growing. So when there is no bread available or you can only receive one um, bag of bread uh, per um, entering uh, the building for which there are long lines to enter. It's coming to a point where the Syrians are standing on the, at a line outside and the Lebanese are allowed to go in in order to take care of their own first, um, which is something that we haven't seen. Mm. You're describing hardship compounded on hardship for the people in Lebanon. Uh, you are a school teacher. How are schools surviving, uh, parents sending their children along to get an education? How does that all happen today? Um, so there is a lot of schools. There are private schools as well. Something I heard just yesterday is that a lot of even the, the soldiers within the country, the Lebanese soldiers, are withdrawing the kids from the private schools they've been into because they have not, they cannot afford the books, they cannot afford the uniforms, they cannot afford anything anymore. Um, a lot of the schools, the teachers are on strike or, or closing down if they're not Christian schools because they, they can't afford the resources, they can't afford the fuel to go and do their job and their, their um, pay is not covering the price of fuel, let alone electricity and food and all of those things. So it's very much struggling. Um, at the moment for the people. Mm. So, Raja, you're a missionary in Lebanon. Uh, take us through what happens when you're in connection with the people because, uh, you know, you're you're doing some home visits, uh, you visit mm. where there's a mobile clinic. Uh, give us some idea of the interactions you have with Lebanese people on a daily basis. In regard to the home visits, um, that started with parents within our school system and that's looking at um, how we can support them um, along with the schooling. Um, a lot of the children that we've had at our school over the last couple of years have been refugees and not all of them have been able to pay. So we've been able to subsidise some of that. Also visiting the families and taking that opportunity to share Jesus with them and to come alongside and support them with um, food and different things like that where we can. Um, the school that we teach at is, is amazing. It is a, um, a small school um, run by a, a people that uh, the Lord has put it on their heart to be in that country to um, share about him. So we teach chapel and um, Bible each day. Um, and you have Muslims and Lebanese children walking alongside each other. It's probably about the only place in the country right now that you would find that. It's been that way for a while where you have... Um, two nations who are 
best friends in the classroom and on the school grounds. It's a little bit of an oasis for them. Um, and that's making such an impact right now, despite, uh, despite everything that's taken place, that you have um, a Muslim gentleman who actually um, was behind a huge number of uh, the increase within our school over the last year um, because of the fact that our school was doing things differently um, and he could see that there was something different which we continuously share as Christ and we're unwilling to compromise on um, children participating in, in learning about him. Um, but in this current year, it's, it's um, difficult with um, fin- the financial situation to be able to continue what we have done up to this point. So it's continuously relying on the Lord for that. Um, in regards to the clinic, um, that's something that has risen up um, further and grown um, stronger since the um, explosion. So you had locals going down in the mobile clinic to reach out to their countrymen. Um, you had a university um, group of university students rising up and doing a week, 24-hour prayer to be able to pray for their country. Um, there was a, another gentleman that I know of, um, his church, he's near um, uh, Tripoli in that area, um, which is quite, he's just outside. He's, um, that's a very strong Muslim area. And um, he was able to reach out to a lot of people um, through broadcasting um, in that time and um, offered to deliver Bibles to whoever um, would like to hear more of the word. And um, so we were, uh, he was uh, delivering Bibles all over Lebanon, which was amazing. And um, I was able to support with some of that. Um, so just a lot of there is, despite the fact that there is extreme um, hardship in Lebanon at the moment, the hardships have opened doors to be able to speak in the lives of the people. And saying that, um, many of them are now struggling because uh, the situation has continued and um, are returning to their, to their religions and their idols and their altars trying to see change. Um, and I guess the change that we see, the real believers, those who are really coming to know the Lord, it's, it's not a big number, it's a, it's a small number, but it's worth it for the few. Um, so churches yeah. continue to function. Uh, you're describing yeah. it as though they're not flourishing, uh, but they yeah. are functioning. And so when we yeah. talk about a light in the darkness, how do you describe the churches and what God might be doing uh, through those believers who are faithfully gathering together? Well, look, but the truth is that's the biggest, one of the big needs to pray for is for the believers to um, continue to stand, to strengthen what remains. Um, I'm really excited by uh, a small group of um, teenagers at my school currently that are rising up and learning to strengthen one another um, and to trust in the Lord and, and to let go of everything else. Um and also to come to church despite hardship in order to do so. Um, it's quite dangerous for them to do that from their families. But I guess the biggest thing right now is to stand alongside and, and pray for these people and continue to walk with them. Um, as a, an overseas missionary, um, an impact that I've been blessed to have right now is just the fact that I am still there. Um, it's longevity. It's staying with the people and um, not leaving when we have the ability to do so, that causes people to question why you're still here. Because you're worth it, because Christ says you're worth it. And 
a local has an even greater impact because they are going through it and there's no separation between them and the people that are around them. So if the Lord um, will continue to strengthen the locals there as well, they will have a greater impact than any external missionary can. You've been walking alongside some young people, teenagers, and uh, going through all of the challenges they face, uh, persecution for being a Christian, uh, standing up to follow Christ. Uh, How have you found that uh, working with those young people? So that's got to be um, one of my most encouraging um, opportunities right now and blessings the Lord has given is um, these five teenagers that reflect the um, nation of Lebanon completely, um, you have two of which who are from Maronite families, idol worshippers. Um, they call them Christians, but they worship the saints. And the other three are from Muslim families. Um, each of them are su- suffering their own persecution um, to come to church each week. Um, the three Muslim children, uh, one of them in the past, he was um, beaten for simply the possibility that he was following the Lord, asking, who is your prophet? What is your book? And he, at that stage, did not declare himself, um, but was beaten for two hours and recorded. Um, I have a brother and sister who are currently coming to church also and jumping in the car with me each week. And um, they have openly declared to their mother um, that they are going to church and they're following, following the Lord. Um, but were their uncles to find out, that would potentially mean some very um, serious repercussions for them um, to the point that I have told all three of them that if um, they're in any danger or they need to, they are kicked out of their home or they have to leave to message me and to tell me and I will get to them as soon as I can to start walking. Um, the Christian community or the saint worshippers Um, One of the young girls was just baptised, so all of her uncles have rejected her and um, removed some of the privileges they were previously giving her because of her um, declaration of her love for the Lord. But she actually led her own mother to faith um, and was sharing with her about the Bible and getting her mother to read the Bible with her. And this particular young lady um, is going to continue doing Bible studies with me at lunchtime next year simply to raise up those walking behind her in school that they might truly know who he is um, themselves. So reading through the Bible at the lunchtime to reach out to those behind her. So I'm very encouraged by the fact that these five are choosing to uh, rise up and strengthen one another and learn to strengthen one another and choose to um, find their faith in Christ. Um, One of these young boys, Uh, two years ago had said to me, um, no one wants us. I can't go anywhere. And something we never consider is how amazing our Australian passport is. Um, As a Syrian, your passport is the second worst in the world. And if you go back to your country, you will be enlisted for eight years. Um, So, The way you share uh, those things, (laughs) Raja, uh, it's complicated in a multicultural (laughs) society. Things are not good. A very, 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 very slight glimmer of hope for some, uh, but a very tragic and dangerous situation that people in Lebanon are living in. Uh, No doubt there'll be listeners who would love to keep you in their prayers. And uh, I can only give your name today as Raja. 
And mm-hmm. for listeners who would like to connect, uh, there may be a way I can pass on an email if you were to get a message to me. Raja, thank you so much for taking some time to share your heart and an update and an insight uh, that we're not likely to hear too many other places about what's going on as a missionary serving in Lebanon. Thank you so much for sharing these things with us today. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.